the Bible Study Podcast, episode 790. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Zechariah with chapter 12. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. You have to know that after last week's rather confusing chapter, as I turn the page here to get to Zechariah 12, I am hoping, oh so hoping, that it will be clearer than Zechariah 11 was. There's two sections in this. Jerusalem's enemies to be destroyed is the first one, which is good because that sounds clear. A prophecy, the word of the Lord concerning Israel, the Lord who stretches out the heavens, who lays the foundation of the earth and who forms the human spirit within a person, declares, I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup that sends all the surrounding peoples reeling. Judah will be besieged as well as Jerusalem. On that day, when all the nations of the earth are gathered against her, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock for all the nations. All who try to move it will injure themselves. On that day, I will strike every horse with panic and its rider with madness, declares the Lord. I will keep a watchful eye over Judah, but I will blind all the horses of the nations. Then the clans of Judah will say in their hearts, the people of Jerusalem are strong because the Lord God Almighty is their God. On that day, I will make the clans of Judah like a fire pot in a wood pile, like a flaming torch among sheaves. They will consume all the surrounding peoples right and left, but Jerusalem will remain intact in her place. The Lord will save the dwellings of Judah first, so that the honor of the house of David and of Jerusalem's inhabitants may not be greater than that of Judah. On that day, the Lord will shield those who live in Jerusalem so that the feeblest among them will be like David, and the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord going before them. On that day, I will set out to destroy all the nations that attack Jerusalem. Now, as we read these sections, again, we have to say, as we do with all the prophecies in these minor prophets, is this the time of Zechariah? Is this some future time or is this still some future time for us? Now, again, my rule of thumb is when we see that phrase, what is it on that day, that we are typically talking about something that has not yet happened. Now, of course, the people in the time of Zechariah would not know that. And you'd have to wonder that during the time that Jerusalem is destroyed again, which is around 70 AD by the Romans, if the people there were thinking that this, these verses, that God was going to see them surrounded Jerusalem, that all the nations would be around them, but that God would deliver them if that was that day. And it wasn't. But how would you know, right? If you were in that time period, how would you know whether this day was that day? until it played itself out. And so if it wasn't that day, I'm not sure that we have seen a day since when this has played out this way. So I think we're talking about something yet to come. And again, we may be talking about something that is very real, earthly in Jerusalem in a physical sense and the people of the earth all gathered around them, or it may be more spiritual in nature. And I can't tell you which it is in which case the Jerusalem would be the people of God and the people of God could be surrounded and God is protecting them. Not sure. But definitely there's this sense here of you're going to have a day when when it feels like the world is against you. And I think of when Jesus said, in the, this world you will have tribulation. 
And and literally that word in English comes from the Roman tribulum, which was the threshing sledge that they used to grind the grain into flour. They they dragged it across this heavy sledge across the grain until it crushed it. And so in that day, you may find yourself crushed. In this world, you may find yourself crushed, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world, is what Jesus said. These verses strike me as similar. There will be a day when you feel crushed. There is a day when everyone is against you. There is a day when God will deliver you and you are able to stand. Again, spiritually, certainly. Um, Is it an actual physical day in that day, the day of the Lord's coming? Can't tell you. Mourning for the one they pierced. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn child. On that day, the weeping in Jerusalem will be as great as the weeping of Hadad Ramon in the plains of Megiddo. The land will mourn, each clan by itself, with their wives by themselves, the clan of the house of David and their wives, the clan of the house of Nathan and their wives, the clan of the house of Levi and their wives, the clan of Shemai and their wives, and the rest of the clans and their wives. Okay, so I don't know about you, when I read in the Bible as a Christian, they will look upon the one they have pierced. That, to me, is an image of, of Jesus. And certainly the people of the time of Zechariah would not see it that way. In fact, they may not see it as the Messiah because they're used to all of those pictures of the Messiah as the conquering one. But we as Christians look back and say, oh, they will look on me as one they have pierced, this one who is from the house of David, and they will grieve for him. Now, again, on that day, are we talking about when, are we talking about Good Friday or are we talking about, again, still something on the day of the Lord? Are we looking still forward? I can't tell you. I can tell you that when it says the weeping as great as Hadad Ramon on the plain of Megiddo, Megiddo may or may not be familiar to you. There's a place in Israel you can go to today. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, and it's called Tel Megiddo. It's a tell is a hill. And it's an area where there has been continuous inhabitation for thousands of years. And you can go there, and there's at least seven layers of cities in Tel Megiddo. And it looks out on this plain, the plain of Megiddo. And the reason why the plain of Megiddo is significant is in the Bible when it talks about Armageddon. Armageddon is a transliteration into Greek of Megiddo. Megiddo, Megiddo, that that's the root of that, and that Armageddon happens here in the valley of Megiddo. And so on that day, the weeping in Jerusalem will be as great as the weeping of in the plains of Megiddo. Are we talking about Armageddon? Don't know. Because there are certainly many battles that have happened. This valley of Megiddo, these plains of Megiddo, are basically what connects Egypt to the Fertile Crescent, Egypt to Iraq and Iran, for instance. And so this was a place that armies marched through for many, 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 many years. And so will there be something in the future, in the day of the Lord, when there is more bloodshed in the land, in the Valley of Megiddo? Don't know. Uh, has there been bloodshed in the Valley of Megiddo before? Yes, there has indeed, uh, for thousands of years. 
and will probably be again. It is a place where armies have been known to cross. But again, as I look at the one they have mourned, the one they have pierced, I wonder if indeed we are looking to the day of Good Friday. When we look upon the one that they have pierced, this one who is out of the house of David. And that's all I have to say. And so with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.